reboot. We're looking at four key areas of our lives to reassess, to reset, and to reboot. We want to allow God in this time to shape us and to grow us. We're looking at priorities, identity, relationships, and dependencies. All of us are gonna reboot into the life that God is calling us into. This week's topic, relationships. Welcome everybody to week three of our Reboot series. Two weeks ago, Matt kicked us off looking at the priorities and how God might be reshaping our priorities during this lockdown season. Last week, Catherine spoke so brilliantly about how God might be reshaping your identity. I love that line from Catherine's talk where she said, just because I do less doesn't mean I'm worth less. I've been thinking about that this week. And today I want to talk about how during this season, God might be reshaping some of our relationships And as I got to thinking about this, I realized that relationships are always tricky. They're always a challenge. There is never going to be a time in your life when the relationships are really easy and smooth, whether that's a um, relationship with a spouse, whether that's a relationship with somebody at work, with your children, with your parents, a family member or a friend. Relationships are always tricky. And um, I find that really encouraging to know because when relationships are under more stress right now, like they are during this lockdown season, then we can take heart from the fact that it's actually quite usual to find that relationships are challenging for us. They take up a lot of our headspace. Often it's thinking about relationships and the relationships in our lives that take up more headspace than thinking about the work that we've got to do. It's actually the person that we work with that takes up our headspace, not the work we've actually got to do. Trying to build a strong marriage or work on good dating, being a good parent, a good brother, sister, friend, child. This takes up a lot of our headspace. And actually, I think it's because as people, um, we naturally see things from our own point of view. And so trying to relate to other people always requires some level of compromise and some level of understanding that we aren't going to get everything right. And we're not always going to be the person who has all the answers. So today I want to look about how is God reshaping your relationships during this time? So although it is true to say that relationships are always difficult, um, it isn't unfair to suggest that during this lockdown phase, relationships are more difficult than they usually are. Some people have been removed from all of their relationships or some of their relationships. People that we know in our church are living alone and finding that really difficult. Other people are removed from family members. We've got people who are dating and they can't see their boyfriend or their girlfriend. That's a real challenge. And trying to figure out how to do that relationship over long distance, over the phone, over endless Zoom calls, that's a real challenge. But also during this time, I found, I don't know if you found this as well, my emotions are a bit more uh, heightened than they usually are. And so perhaps I'm feeling a bit more worried or more anxious and my emotions are bubbling along at the surface. So for all of us, for different reasons, emotions and uh, relationships are more challenging during this time. I would say um, even if your uh, relationships have been removed, It could be that your relationships at home are more difficult and more challenging because you're spending so much time together. It's a bit like Christmas. I don't know if you ever find this, but often relationships come unstuck at Christmas because you are stuck in the same house with the same people for so long and you just find you get on top of each other and you begin irritating each other. So you have to work way harder at managing those relationships. 
And people find it difficult in different ways. Liz, my wife, she finds the constant noise of our house really challenging. She's a real introvert. And so when me and our two children are constantly nagging her, asking her what snack is next and where this cup of tea is and if she can help with maths homework and whether or not we're going to go for a walk, she just finds the constant noise really difficult and really draining. I, on the other hand, love being around loads of different people. I'm really fun loving. I love to be out there and seeing my friends and seeing my work colleagues. I love that. And so I'm finding it really difficult to get that hit, which you can't really get over Zoom or over a phone call of uh, fun and energy and life that I find from being around other people. So all of us are finding this uh, challenge, particularly in terms of relationships, hard in different ways. So the question is, how can we then work on building good relationships during this time? What can we learn and what um, uh, actions, what uh, attributes, what top tips can we put into place to build strong relationships during this time? I've got six ideas. Top tip number one is extra grace. All of us during this time need to exercise extra grace. Grace is undeserved forgiveness. And during this time, there will be so many opportunities for us to have to forgive people. And I think it's because people's emotions are running more high. People are fearful, worried, anxious, nervous. They're dealing with change. And for those reasons, people might not be acting how they usually act. And it's so tempting for us to pick up on what they're doing wrong and to nag at them and to say, hey, well, like, why did you do that? Like, oh, um, it wasn't very fair that you said this to me. Instead, we need to exercise grace. We need to give people undeserved forgiveness in order to build healthy relationships. I heard somebody say once that holding on to a grudge, holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. It's like giving somebody rent-free space in your head. And we don't want that. In order to build healthy, strong relationships, we need to exercise extra grace. That's top tip number one. Top tip number two is we need extra patience. Every day, Liz and our two children, me, Liz and um, Annie and Flory, Annie who's six and Flory who's three, we go for our Boris walk. We go about two in the afternoon. We walk from our house uh, down to the seafront, along the seafront. Actually, we do the exact same walk every single day. And every day, Flory and Annie both go on their scooters and Liz and I both walk. And if Annie and Flory scoot properly, then they sort of just about keep up with us as we're walking. The problem is that Flory um, is distracted by absolutely anything and everything. You can be scooting along the pavement. She sees a squirrel and that's 10 minutes of your day gone because she's sort of looking at the squirrel, asking questions about the squirrel. And I sort of want to get there. I want to get to the seafront, look at the beach, go through South Sea Rock Garden, look at the tadpoles and get it back, back to my house in time to do a bit more work. That's my plan. But Flory, on the other hand, her plan is to take her time, see what's going on. And I found that as we went for the first few walks, I was like, come on, Flory, we've got to go, we've got to go, get yourself in gear, go, go, go. And then Liz said to me, you know, like, we've got nothing to be back for. Like, there's, there's no reason that we're in any kind of rush. She said, just be more patient with her and allow her to do what she wants to do. And so over the last sort of few days, I've been trying to say, you know what, take as long as you like, Flory. And I mean, if you give her permission, she 100% takes that as full license to take her absolute sweet time. She just stops and sits in piles of daisies. She looks at the grass, she looks at the sky. But what I'm learning is that as I exercise patience, I'm finding that my relationship with Flory is more positive because I'm not e expecting something different of her than what she can give me. 
And as I exercise patience, I know that it's helping Flory out. She's having a better time, but also it's helping me out as well because I feel less stressed. I feel more relaxed. And I think that's true about my relationship with my three-year-old daughter, but that's true in all of our relationships. During this time, exercise more patience. Top tip number three is all of us need extra self-control. Now, it's so tempting during this time to uh, say something which could be quite damaging. And when you're living in a house and you can't go anywhere else, those words aren't going out the door as you go to work and they won't have eight hours to cool down so that when you come back, everything will be fine. And that phone call that ends negatively because you said that thing or those words slipped out of your head or you, you were a bit crueler than you hoped that you would be or you just weren't as gentle as you might have been. It can have a huge impact on somebody's day, as ever, when people are struggling, when people are feeling different to how they normally feel. Exercising more self-control means choosing not to say that thing that you want to say in the heat of the moment. It's choosing not to try and win the fight, not to win that argument, not to be the right person. And as somebody who quite enjoys winning an argument and being proven correct, I've had to exercise self-control, choose not to say the words that I would want to say. And maybe it's just taking five minutes and walking up to your bedroom or going to make a cup of tea and thinking, I wonder if I could say something slightly kinder in this moment. That's top tip number three, exercise extra self-control. Top tip number four is extra kindness. During this time, we have an opportunity to build healthy, strong relationships by choosing to exercise extra kindness. I've been so inspired by the work of our For The City team during this time. They've been cooking meals for the homeless street community and on Monday nights delivering that. They've been running a food bank uh, four days a week, five sessions across four days. They've been delivering flowers, goodie bags and gifts to domestic violence refuges, to women who are on the prenatal ward in the QA. And just this week, Beth Dunn-Wilson Charman, our CAP debt center manager, who helps people to move beyond unmanageable debt, helped somebody who'd been homeless for nine months to find new accommodation. And you know what she thought? Yeah, it's great that we've managed to find him somewhere to live, a flat all to himself for the first time in a long time, somewhere he can call home. And not only that, but it also means that he can claim benefits that he's entitled to because he has a fixed abode, an address to be able to make those claims. But Beth didn't leave it just there. Instead, she thought, wouldn't it be more amazing if we went the extra mile and we managed to find him some furniture and a bed and some cutlery and some crockery. And so she called some friends, she shared it on Facebook, people in this church helped out and we were able to almost fully furnish his entire flat. Uh, people gave cutlery, people gave plates, people bought him a fridge, freezer, dishwasher, a bed. And during this time, we have an opportunity to choose abundant kindness, to go the extra mile. On Sunday morning, some friends of ours from the church just dropped around a basket with a freshly baked uh, loaf of incredible sourdough and some flapjacks. They left it uh, at the end of our um, path and they were two meters away and they just waved from their car. But it was so kind and we it changed our day and I think because we've got less going on at this time we are able to see that these small acts of kindness have a huge impact that's top tip number four extra kindness just two more top tips to go top tip number five is extra gentleness 
Liz sometimes says to me that in my um, uh, desire to get stuff done and to be quick and to be efficient and I'm goal oriented and I'm target driven, that sometimes I'm not as gentle as I might be. And that's true with my colleagues, my friends, my family and my close relationships with Liz and my children. And during this time, I think that we can build healthy relationships by being extra gentle. And that might mean having to change some of our language being aware that somebody else might be feeling more sensitive than usual. Extra gentleness will make a huge difference during this time. I wonder if there are people in your lives who think, I just wonder if they need a few more gentle words. They need me to approach them with gentleness. And finally, top tip number six. Top tip number six is extra love. In Colossians, a book in the New Testament of the Bible, it says, Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I love that line from Colossians because it says, put on love. It reminds us that love is a choice. It's not something that we feel. Love isn't primarily an emotion that we wake up and we think, oh, you know, I just love this person. Love is a choice. We have to choose to love people. The relationships in our life right now, if we put on love, it will transform those relationships Putting on love means choosing to put the other person first. It means choosing not to win the argument, not to win the fight. It means choosing to do all of those things that I mentioned below. But love is greater than all the other things. And if we can choose love during this time, it will transform our relationships. So those are my top six tips for building healthy relationships during this time. So there you have it, six top tips on building healthy relationships. Sounds quite simple, doesn't it? But I don't know about you, it's quite easy to say those things, but in practice, I don't think it is that easy. There's this line from the book of Romans in the New Testament that says, for the good I want to do, I do not do, and the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. What St. Paul is trying to say in the book of Romans is, we all want to be better people. We want to be gentler, kinder, more patient, more loving. And we wake up and that's our aim and that's our goal. But as much as we try to be those things, we will always fall short. And the things that we don't want to be, judgmental, angry, irritable, cross, these are the things we keep on finding that we are. However much we don't want to do them, we find that we do do those things. And that's the problem. I don't know if you're finding that in your relationships, in your house or with your family, your colleagues right now, but actually the way you want to behave and the way that you sort of believe is the right way to behave is just not the reality of how you feel inside. And some of your behavior and your actions tends to be the stuff that you don't want to do. Well, there's a solution to that as well. The top six things that I think that we need in order to build healthy relationships, grace, kindness, love, gentleness, all these things are things that we can't achieve and produce in ourselves. But in the Bible, it says that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, that these are fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what that means is that as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, those things, those characteristics begin to grow in our lives. We become gentler, kinder. We have more self-control, more peace. We are able to love better. And that's the most incredible thing about finding faith, about being a Christian, is that it's not about desperately spending your time trying to be a better person, trying in your own strength. 
with hard work and with effort to build stronger relationships. Instead, what the Bible teaches is that as you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, then your life, your characteristics, your whole personality is changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you're changed and transformed, then all the rest of the relationships in your life will be transformed as well. And for those people who have faith, the simple encouragement is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. That might mean that as you wake up in the morning, pray, Lord Jesus, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit today so that I might be kinder, gentler, patient and more loving. It might be that you manage to go for a work and walk and listen to some worship music or listen to the Bible or um, maybe sit and pray. As we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are changed and transformed and we begin to be gentler, kinder, more loving, more, peace, more peaceful, more patient. We exercise more self-control. And so how might God be shaping our relationships during this time? I would say that the answer to that is that he's changing the priority so that we all know the most important relationship in our life is our relationship with Jesus because out of our relationship with Jesus flows all of those good things that changes and transforms all the other relationships in our life. And what an amazing free gift. If you're not somebody of faith, if you don't know Jesus, what is on offer is an ability to heal and transform all the relationships in your life just by saying yes to Jesus and asking him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. It is the most remarkable thing that has ever happened and that will ever be on offer to you. That when Jesus came, he came to sort out our lives and our trouble and our mess. And that problem that St. Paul poses that the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things, the evil that I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to solve that fundamental problem for you. And when he died on the cross, he restored the most important relationship in our lives, which is the relationship between us and God, our Father in heaven. And we experience that relationship through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who gives us joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness. And so I'd love to finish by praying for you, each one of you. Lord Jesus, I pray for anybody who's watching this talk who doesn't know the love of God, that right now that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit so that they might be changed and transformed by your love. And I pray for each one of us to experience more of the Holy Spirit, to prioritize our relationship with Jesus so that out of that flows all the goodness, all the love, the kindness and the peace that will make relationships in our life healed that will strengthen our marriages, our parenting, our friendships. Come Lord Jesus, and we pray you would do that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope you have a great rest of the morning and let's go back over to our worship team.